What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I am the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. Before we get into the show, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They have weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, which teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. Today, we have Danny Randazzo. He is an author, a mastermind host, a national speaker, a podcast host, a volunteer, and a world traveler. But most importantly for today's conversation, he is a real estate investor with over $160 million in assets that has helped him achieve his own version of financial freedom. And today, he's here to deliver a ton of value. Danny, what's up, ma'am? Brady, I am doing excellent today. Thank you so much for having me on. And, you know, I'm just excited to be here and talk to the listeners and have a a very in-depth conversation about money and investing. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on. So guys, for those of you new to the show, I'm on my own journey to financial freedom. And through this journey, I want to educate through my struggles and successes. But I also feel like it's often more powerful to hear from people like Danny. From the outside looking in, you can tell he has his sights set on financial freedom, and he will be telling that story today. But before we get into that, Danny, I want to ask you a preliminary question. What is the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? You know, I I don't like that word. Um, I wouldn't use the word dumb in my normal vocabulary ever um, because I, I try to be positive. And so... I I certainly have had experiences where I have learned a lesson about maybe I wish I didn't spend money on that item or whatever it may be. Um, And in in today's world that I live in, um, even over the last five years or so, I really don't make frivolous purchases. I would say the dumbest thing or the worst use of funds that I've had is maybe on a consumer good many years ago. I try to make my dollars work for me versus me working for dollars as much as possible. Um, So a consumer good would be that purchase. I couldn't even tell you um, what it was because I don't, I don't really buy extravagant things. Um, I'm not buying fancy clothes or fancy cars or anything like that. I love to put my dollars to work for me versus me working for it. That's a good concept. You know, I'm 23 years old, so I'm still kind of learning not to spend money on frivolous things, but seems like with you through experience, you've learned that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've certainly been there and learned the hard way, excuse me, learned the hard way by spending money. And I think you have that uh, regret or maybe the immediate satisfaction wears off quickly after you've made that purchase or spent money on, and it's typically a consumer item. You know, it's nothing that's going to continue to add value to your life in a, given day or month or year. And so for me, I always just think about things before I go out and buy a decision, just ask myself, is that the best use of my money? Do I really need that product or item or um, 
technology? And if the answer is that eh, maybe, then I'll come back to it. But most often you find that you don't really need it. Right. I, I did a recent interview, actually the first interview of this podcast. And the main point was distinguishing between wants and needs when you're younger and you don't have as much experience with your personal finances, everything might seem like a need to you, even if it's obviously not. So you just spend your money on everything and anything you have your sights on. So I think that's definitely fixed through personal experiences, like you've said. So yeah, I mean, that's a very good concept and something I'm definitely going to take to heart as well, because like I said, I'm young, I'm still learning, but I'm getting better and better each and every day and I'm becoming more and more disciplined. Yeah. And one thing that I would kind of equate it to as well is in terms of um, fasting. So people will do, you know, like a juice cleanse or a fast for whatever, a 48, 72, maybe it's a five day or a full week or something like that period. But I would just encourage you know, all of the listeners, if you don't have a handle on your money and you spend it frivolously or without thinking, give yourself a money fast. Try not to spend any money for an entire week and, you know, see how that kind of recalibrates your sense to finance and what you actually need versus what you want. You know, obviously go out and buy your food and water that you need to survive. But beyond that, don't spend any money and just see what happens. Right. And this is a good segue for the next topic. So, you know, you've had your own personal experiences with money and, you know, from the outside looking in, we see this massive level of success surrounding you. I mean, you have quite the resume, as I said earlier, but we know you obviously don't start with this certain level of success. You have to work for it. And that's where I want this story to start. You're investing in real estate left and right and achieving this level of financial freedom that most would admire how do the management of your own personal finances affect the position you're in today? It, it really affects everything. And what I started to do with the, the story about money, I learned lessons all throughout growing up and it really started at the age of five. And I've started a children's book series called The Wealth Lessons for Kids. You can go to my website, dannyrandazzo.com and find the books there. But I've geared... Um, some elementary kind of introductory financial lessons that parents can share with kids to get them started on the right foot based on experiences and real life that actually happened to me um, so people can have their kids be ahead of the game uh, versus learning tough financial lessons later in life when it could be detrimental uh, to their credit score or to their debt or to their income potential. And so those lessons started very early for me, like I said, at the age of five, but really in high school and even into middle school, I would break apart my lunch. My parents would pack a lunch for me and I would actually sell bits and pieces of my lunch off. So I might sell an <laughs> apple to one person and a sandwich to another and a juice box to another person. And then I would actually go and buy a lunch with the money that I made. But at the end of the day, you can probably guess what happened. I actually had more money in my pocket than I started with. So I would sell my lunch, I would make a profit, and I would pocket the difference pretty much every single day um, that I went to school all the way throughout high school. And com 
combining not only that small level of profit, I was still, I would work side jobs and just have side hustles in the neighborhood where I was constantly generating income. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because my parents provided the needs for me, what I needed to survive. They absolutely provided that and then some. But if there was any sort of want, I remember when the first iPod video came out, I saved up, I think it was like 400 bucks and I went out and bought it. That was probably a dumb purchase um, because the first version was a little clunky. It was big, you know, it didn't hold as many songs as today, but it was pretty cool. Um, and so I went out and I bought that. That was a want. My parents didn't provide that to me. And so I had to work for it. And I learned the value of a dollar. And so in high school, while I was generating income, I was also very diligent in tracking my expenses. So again, if you go to my website, dannyrandazzo.com, you can download a free income and expense tracker. And this is really what got me started. So I, like you said, I got started through, you know, good old fashioned hard work and building blocks and or building income and capital equity nest egg on top of each other to kind of snowball that and really grow it into something that it is today. So like you said, Brady, from the outside looking in, there is um, a large real estate portfolio, a lot of passive income, multiple income streams, and a good lifestyle that my wife and I are just absolutely in love with. And, you know, we, we feel joy and gratefulness for it every single day. But it really started with that core principle of make more money than you spend in a given month. And like I said, in high school, I started diligently tracking my income and expenses. So I knew not only where my income was coming from, but where I was spending expense at and how I could change that or control those expenses and use my money in the best way possible. And so, you know, long story short, getting out of high school, I went off to college, kind of got a little distracted in college where I wasn't focused on building a real estate portfolio, but I, you know, it got good grades, was part of the honors um, college and dean's list, things like that, and graduated, got a degree in finance, and went to work in corporate America for um, one of the best consulting firms in the world and started working with multi-billion dollar companies on ways to, you, know, you guessed it, improve their financial performance. And so all of that coupled together, um, the core foundation that got me to where I am today around money is really tracking income and expenses. And so, you know, you just need to be diligent about finding out ways to increase your income and monitoring your expenses. Today, um, most of my day is focused on income generating activities as opposed to expense reductions. So I'm not worried about going to Starbucks and spending $3 on a large coffee because I can go out and make, you know, more than $3 in an hour to cover that coffee. And so for me, the mindset that I have today, it's all focused on income generation. So figuring out ways to generate more income, figuring out ways to 
own and control my time. Um, that's where I'm at today. So let me take a breath and get some questions answered because I'm sure you have a few. <laughs> well, that, that was a lot. And that, that was a really good story. I mean, you were quite the entrepreneur in middle school. So it really sounds like the foundation of where you are today started then, you know, the, the expense tracking, you know, selling your lunch and then buying a lunch and making a profit. I don't know anybody that's done that personally, but obviously you have. So now I do, but something you said really struck a chord with me. You know, I've interviewed several entrepreneurs and a common theme with reaching your own version of financial freedom is focusing on income generation because basically, you know, for me, I have uh, fully transparent. I have $50,000 in debt. Me and my wife are working towards that. We're living for free with our parents right now. So grateful for that. But my mindset almost needs to switch to a more income generating aspect. And, you know, I have this current job. I've got a second job. I'm doing this podcast, so I'm working on it. But like you said, too, income generating, not that it solves all of your problems, but it solves most problems with your finances. And I think that's really important to the listeners out there. It's almost like, in my opinion, an offensive strategy. You know, you're adding and adding and adding to your income, which is going to play a huge, huge role and attacking your goals down the road. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think, you know, from an expense reduction strategy, you are absolutely capped as to what you can achieve in saving on your expenses versus income. You have an exponential opportunity to grow your income. And so if you had an hour extra in the day and you were focused on how to you know cut your coffee expense in a given day you know the most you might be able to save is five or ten dollars right versus if you had an hour to focus on selling cookies or lemonade on the street corner or going and mowing your neighbor's lawn or you know, doing a side job in an hour. And if you applied your skill set that you have, you could probably make a hundred bucks. Right. So why would I spend an hour trying to save five or $10 when I could go out and make a hundred? That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, just kind of switching gears here, you know, I'm a really big proponent in believing that your goals with money rapidly change over time and your version of financial freedom adapts along with that. So for instance, as I prefaced before, my version of financial freedom right now is paying off debt, but in a year's time, my version of financial freedom will be on a different level based off what my goals are at that time. So I want to dive in to your personal idea of financial freedom and learn what does it mean to you now and how do you predict that changing over time? Yeah, financial freedom to me means that you have income streams that you don't actively work for that cover your entire cost of living. And so in your situation, because you have eliminated your housing expense, right? You're you're living with your parents, you're, you know, ideally 
maybe paying little to no rent at all. So that's one of your biggest expense line items. And so for you to achieve financial freedom, all you have to do is figure out a way to make enough money to cover your expenses. And when you're getting started, you know, you may have income generating activities where you trade your time for money. This is your formal job. And you also need to be creating income streams where you don't trade your time for money, but you set up a system. So owning a business, having an Amazon store, having a podcast that you can sell advertising, um, sell advertising space on to generate income. You don't have to go to work every single day and exchange your time to receive that income. And so for me, my definition of financial freedom is having passive income streams that support and pay for your entire cost of living. And the, the way you can figure this out is add up all of your expenses in a given month for your cost of living and whatever you spend money on. So if you're going for a haircut every single month, make sure that line item is in there. You know, your transportation, your insurance, your fuel, your cell phone, your electrical, all of your utilities, your housing expense. You add up all those numbers and you come to a dollar amount. Let's just say, for example, it's $10,000 that you spend per month to live and go out to eat or buy your groceries. Everything included 10 grand. Well, now you need to figure out ways to make $10,000 that you're not exchanging your time for money. And so, you know, you may have to work a, a normal job to continue to live and pay for that lifestyle, but you need to augment that lifestyle with investments or businesses or income streams that then cover that amount of money, that $10,000 in living expenses. From that point, Brady, you're absolutely right that that number changes as you evolve and the things that you want to do, and everyone is different in this way. Some people, you know, they would be perfectly happy buying a tiny house, parking it out in the country, and living off of, I don't know, $1,000 a month. So figure out what financial freedom means to you, figure out what your expenses are, figure out how much income you need, and then once you hit that number and you've achieved financial freedom, I think your mind and your goals will tend to shift. And so, you know, for someone like myself, I am very interested in not going to the airport to travel. I don't want to go through the TSA checkpoint. I don't want to sit and wait at a gate because, again, it takes up my time. And as we know, time equates to income. So I want to fly private. And that is one of the things and one of the reasons why I continue to, to grind it out and work as hard as I do because, you know, my time is important. I don't want to spend time driving around or waiting in airports, waiting for planes or getting delayed. I want to show up. I want to get out of my vehicle. I want to get in and get to my destination and save as much time as humanly possible. So for me, that expense, you know, it's a very definable expense that you can figure out and you can plan for. And so 
as you achieve financial freedom, I think you have new items that may come up that you have to continue to build for and plan for. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. How, how do you see your goals playing out in the next five to 10 years? Well, you know, from a, a goal of, you know, flying privately, not having to go to the airport, um, I, I would continue to build my income streams in order to support that added expense. And the way I'm going to do that is by purchasing more real estate assets and having more investments that work for me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year that pay me cash flow every single month in order to support the lifestyle that I want to have and maintain that financial freedom. So real estate is the vehicle that's going to achieve my goal. And I'm going to stay focused on um, visualizing that goal and checking in on it on a regular basis to make sure that I am, you know, going towards it and growing into that goal versus being distracted and going away from it. I think that's huge. I'm currently reading the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone and he talks about goal setting and he talks about how you need to be in tune with your goals every single day. I think he writes them out every morning before he starts his day and every night before bed. And he said, this is what I set my sights on. And this is what I'm focused on right now. And obviously, like we said, your goals evolve over time, but you really need to be in tune with where you want to be in a certain amount of time. 100%. I, um, I have a, a whiteboard in my home office that has my goals on it. And I usually start the year out with maybe six or seven goals. And I have, you know, dates that I want to complete them by. And so as I complete a goal, I cross it off the list. But, you know, as we change, you may not want to hit a certain goal. So you may remove it from the list, but you're also going to add a new one to the list. And so for me, seeing them every day, thinking about them every day, and taking action to continue to achieve them is what you need to do to make sure that you're advancing and getting to where you want to be versus where you are. Absolutely. And I want to get your advice because I think there's a big debate versus setting realistic and unrealistic goals. So obviously a realistic goal is something, you know, you can attain hundred percent, but often when you have a realistic goal, you almost get lackadaisical in the pursuit of that goal because you know, you can attain it regardless of what happens versus setting an unrealistic goal that may not seem 100% attainable, but you know if you work five or 10 times as hard, then it is attainable. So it's almost as if when you have a bigger goal, you're more in tune with it, you're more focused on it because you know you have to work that much harder to get to it. What approach do you take in your own goal setting? I take more of a blended approach, right? Okay. Like I said, I have about six or seven goals that I typically start my year with and I add and remove as I go or as I complete. However, in order for that goal to get up on that board, it needs to be a motivating figure. I need to be working very hard and stretching myself to achieve it. So for example, um, I would not have a goal that says uh, run one mile a day, but I may have a goal 
on the board that says complete a marathon. And I know in order to complete a marathon, I'm probably going to be out running more than one mile per day. And so for me, the goal of the marathon is the motivating factor. It's going to get me out of bed early in the morning to go out and make that run, or it's going to keep me up late in the evening, you know, doing push-ups and sit-ups, or, you know, it'll keep me on track eating a healthy lunch as opposed to something unhealthy. And so when I set a goal, I set something that's big, that gets me excited, and it keeps me moving. So from a real estate standpoint, you know, our company's goal this year at PassiveInvesting.com, we wanted to close and purchase over 100 million in multifamily assets. And so that goal was a motivational goal for us. We talked about it every single day amongst myself and my two other partners, Dan and Brandon. And we were constantly focused every day throughout this year, starting on January 1st, up through today, even into tomorrow to achieve that goal. And we will achieve that goal by the end of October. And so, you know, if we said close five deals or close a deal every other month, we would have probably not gotten to where we are today. Um, and so the, the underlying story, every single person is different. If you need a goal to run one mile a day and your, your thought is to finish a marathon at the end of it, then, then set that goal to run one mile per day. But if, if you need to be motivated by something bigger like I do, then put that bigger thing up there. Finish that marathon and you know that you have to take action every single day to make sure that you can complete that goal. Guys, it is so important, like Danny said, to set goals. And we've kind of gotten in depth about, you know, realistic, unrealistic goals, what his goals are, what my goals are. But you really just got to start. You got to write down your goals. What do you want to accomplish in six months, a year, even the next few weeks? Because when you have a visualization of where you want to be a certain period of time from now, it makes it easier to reach that. So, Danny, I know we got to start wrapping up. So, Obviously, this whole podcast is predicated on financial freedom and personal finance and how the two work together in the journeys of entrepreneurs to get where they are today. What is one piece of advice you can offer to the listeners so that they could potentially begin their journey towards their own versions of financial freedom? Start tracking your income and expenses every single day, certainly monthly so you know where your income is coming in from and where you're spending your money at. If you need a free template, go to my website, download your free income and expense tracker and you need to do that so you can get your money right and you can get your mind right. That way you can start building towards financial freedom. Guys, you heard it from him, PassiveInvesting.com. He has a free income and expense tracker. Download it. Get on the right track to financial freedom. Danny, thanks for your time, man. This has been very, very insightful. Brady, thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to answer any questions that the listeners may have. And, you know, I'm just so passionate about financial freedom and money and mindset. Um, you know, please reach out. Absolutely. Danny, where, where can they reach out to you? 
Best place to find me is at my website, dannyrandazzo.com. I'm also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, it's either Danny Randazzo or on Instagram, I believe it's Danny.Randazzo. So find me in those places. But of course, my website, dannyrandazzo.com, has everything that you need to know about me. Of course, it also has my podcast, which is all about money, mindset, and investing. And if you are interested in multifamily real estate investing, check us out at passiveinvesting.com. Thanks for listening, guys. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday, and those are available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any other major podcasting platform. So listen to us there. Give us a follow on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and let us know what you thought of the episode. We'll catch you next time.